Okay, it's Sunday, February 20th, 2017. Take Vacation Podcast, episode next, because I don't remember what number this is. <laughs> and um, I'm here with my brother Clarence. How's it going, Clarence? I'm doing quite well, man. Glad to be back. One more game. Righteous. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, you know. Uh, kind of a long weekend for me, President's Day, and I've just been sick for like the past week, so oh, finally feeling better. Primed and ready to go to work tomorrow. You know, hopefully get a good, nice rest and get back at it. Yeah, a, a, a lot has transpired since the last show. Uh, oh yeah, the, the Atlanta <laughs> lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> go Patriots, <laughs> among other things. The greatest comeback in NFL Super Bowl history. Oh my God! Why oh, give man. these guys a storybook ending? Dude, That's that dude. that what hurts even more about it. It's just so funny because I had people calling me at halftime talking mess, and I'm uh, like, dude, I'm like, dude, the game ain't over yet, man. The game is not over yet. So, like, I know the chances are small, but. The game ain't over. It's like, if it was the end of the game, I get it. But yeah. So yeah, after they came back and won, I made sure to call, call, make some calls, return some calls. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. The single greatest boring. thing about sports, man, is the comeback. I mean, it's just unbelievable feeling. <laughs> and I know have, them having actually played the game, they were ecstatic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I recall like one game in college where, you know, we were down and I was a rookie and the coach like put us in, put all the rookies in and we were down by 20 and we like come back, wind up come back and win the game. Like that oh, yeah. feeling from that game was, <laughs> it was better than winning the championship to be honest. <laughs> For real, Cause man. It's just, yeah. The comeback is the greatest thing about sports. Oh man, my greatest sports achievement ever was we played on, we went to play Natchez Cathedral and like they dedicated their gym to like this guy. <laughs> they named the gym after him. And, like everybody was all hyped up, you know, like uh-huh. they were all hyped up and ready to go. And man, they gave it to us. Like they were whooping on us the whole game, but we kind of hung around, you know, and then like 10 seconds left, we're down by two points. Dude's shooting one and one free throws, right? So like I'm standing, I'm standing in the lane, and I'm like, man, I was like, if he misses his free throw, I'm like, I'm gonna go down there and jack up a three. So like he misses the free throw, right? I I grab the rebound, like, and I beeline to the three point line, heave up a shot, buzzer goes in. What? Oh man, that is awesome. Like that, that was like that's like my best memory of like high school basketball, and I wasn't even a very good shooter, so <laughs> it made it even more ma- miraculous. Did you but, get did you get carried off the court by a sea of people? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was there was a lot of expletives coming from the other team. Like they were so upset, like all the people. It was it was just like it was like gonna be perfect for them because like they dedicated their gym and everything. Oh man. We pretty much stole that game because we didn't deserve to win. They outplayed us the whole game. Raining on their parade. So um, let's, <laughs> let's talk about something else that's trying to make a comeback. <laughs> or they may say they never went anywhere. The Nintendo Switch is coming out next month, man. It's right around the corner. Oh, yeah. yeah, not long. Like, what, 13 days, 12 days? Yeah. Um. Actually, yeah, nine, 
No, it's the third, right? So yeah. Yes, yeah, the third comes out on the third. Yeah, yeah, about a week and a half. I mean, that along with the the Breath of the Wild the Zelda game should be yeah. uh pretty well received, I would think. Uh but yeah. other than that, I don't know if there's a lot on the on the docket. Um Man, I'm super hyped for HD Zelda. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's gonna have voice acting too. I don't know how much how much you're keeping up with Breath of the Wild or is it Wind? I can't remember. Uh, I, I said Wind. I think it's Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but there's actually like voice acting, which is a first for a a Zelda game, I believe. It was just really, really awesome. If you haven't seen the trailers, people out there in Tech Petition Land, I, I encourage you to go watch them because they're very, very interesting. And the art style is just great. But yeah, I'm going on another tangent. Please continue, Clarence. I apologize. Oh no, no, I mean it's right, right in the vein of what we're we're talking about. Uh, so, did you pre-order? I was going to pre-order. I was sitting at like as soon as they went online. I was at. I was at. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that, but I was online when they went <laughs> <laughs> when they went on, on up for pre-order, and I was staring at. My, I put one in my Amazon cart, and I stared at it for. About ten seconds too long, and when I refreshed the page, or like all the pre-orders were going. Oh, so unfortunately, man. unfortunately, I, I don't have a pre-order. But you know, my strategy is because I mean, really, right now, all I really want to do is to maybe play the new Zelda game. So since it's coming out for Wii U, you know, we do, we use HD, so I can still get my HD Zelda fix. I'll just find a Wii U off Craigslist for like a hundred bucks or so. Yeah, go that route. And quite honestly, man, Zelda is 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 the system sell, seller at this point. I mean, there's not going to be much else, but I f- still feel that's one of the games is worth getting the system to play it on. I get why they're putting it on the Wii U because when the Wii U came out, they promised HD Zelda, HD Zelda, so they're kind of keeping their word. But at the same time, I I feel like they're really going to kill the Switch sales. Yeah. Not. Well, I I say that, but. Nintendo always like artificially has a shortage of every console they ever make. So yeah, I'm sure they'll still sell them all. Well, well, I feel like they'll get a huge uptick these this next month. You know, of course, all the pre-orders, and if they ever get any more in stock, they're gonna probably sell those out throughout the end of next month. But I think they may go through a bit of a a lull until like next year, late next year. I mean, late this year. I'm sorry, late this year, the holiday holiday season. And then, of course, you won't be able to find one again. And I think Mario will be out by then, and it, it's going to be pretty wild. Yeah, the Mario game looks interesting too. And I will say that, like, I I never have a problem with Nintendo's actual games. It's just that it seems like they're the only people that make great games for their system. But you know, <laughs> they're going to have the third party support, so we'll see what happens. I'm not gonna. I'm. Not, I mean, I was real pessimistic about the Switch. In an earlier podcast, but I think we just need to, you know, wait and see what happens, I guess. Yeah, which I think some news did release about their dev, um, the oh, dev yeah, box being pretty cheap. So that they're saying that may lend the console more to indie developers. So we may see influx of stuff that's more like things you see on the DS maybe coming out. You know, hope, yeah. hopefully it's a full experience, but maybe the indie scene will, will get on board. Yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be really cool if, you know, they do that. And, I mean, I, I, 
I've, I've always wanted to get in the game development, but I just, I need to come up with something first and have something running on my computer before I start. <laughs> Cause I remember like they were, they had this indie dev program with the Wii U and I actually, um, I actually got a Wii U dev kit for, they sent me one for free. Oh wow. Um, they were, they were giving them away and I, <laughs> I, I did a little bit of stuff on it and I just ended up sending it back cause it was, <laughs> yeah. It was way too much for one person, so uh, that's when I learned that you need to start simple and not try to create Final Fantasy f- ten or eleven. Or what number is it now? Sixteen, whatever. <laughs> it just keeps growing. That, that should not be your first game. You should try to like make Pong or something first, and <laughs> and go from there. Build off, build off, build off of the skills you just learned. Cover your bases. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to. Nintendo Switch leaked video of the interface. Um, there's actually quite a bit of drama connected to this. Yeah. But I mean, I guess to start out, um, basically, um, this guy, uh, the, the, these forums called NeoGAF, this guy just basically po- had a forum post on there where he was like, Hey, I bought a, I bought a Switch two weeks early from an quote unquote unnamed store. And, um, hmm. he pretty much just posted, uh, the interface, he's just clicking through the interface, adding Wi-Fi, creating his, like, user account. I mean, there, it's nothing, like, super exciting, but for me it was exciting because, I mean, this interface, for in, for Nintendo interface, this looks like, like, um, this looks like, uh, Ben-Hur, or, like, it's like <laughs> their magnum opus because all the other interfaces for all the other Nintendo systems, like especially the Wii, Wii U and the three DS, they're just complete garbage. Yeah. So I, I really like the interface. Yeah, d- yeah. It does it does seem like they put a little, little bit more uh effort into this one. Which is just so funny because they kinda have been cl- tight lipped about the interface for the, for this console. Which is just weird yeah. at this point. You know, we're less than two weeks away and you know, there hasn't been any uh, screenshots officially from them <laughs> or any walkthroughs yep. officially from Nintendo. So it's just weird that they wouldn't, you know, show it. Cause this often one of the first things they actually show with the console is like, you know, they go through the interface and show you how cool it is. And it's like they just totally skipped that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they really did. But, you know, like there's not much here. I mean, you can Google this. It's on Kotaku, NeoGAF, whatever. I mean, it's not hard to find. But if you, you know, take a look and I like what I see. There's not a whole lot, but <laughs> oh yeah, I like what I see. And connected to that, later, <laughs> like I, I think this came out today. Actually, no, it came out a Saturday, two days ago. Um, apparently, <laughs> this Nintendo Switch system that he purchased was stolen. Uh, mm. Nintendo released a <laughs> Nintendo released a statement that says earlier this week individuals claimed to prematurely purchase a small number of Nintendo Switch systems from an unspecified retailer. Nintendo has determined that these units were stolen in an isolated incident by employees of a U.S. Distri- distributor, with one system being illegally resold. The individuals involved have been identified, terminated from their places of employment, wow. investigation by local law enforcement authorities on criminal charges. So, kablam! Dropping that, the hammer. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo ain't playing around Damn. at all. Yeah, which but, you know, I mean, 
Of course, it is something illegal that should be punished. But I mean, I don't think as far as from a reporting aspect, anything is wrong with talking about it because, you know, we talk about Snowden leaking government stuff. You know, he did illegal act, but we still talk about the results. So I don't think as far as there's an outlet. Do what? We talk about emulators and. Yeah, yeah. Down, what was our thing? The 3Ds? Download? No, DWD? Download? Watch, <laughs> oh, that's a classic. DWD. Yeah. Shout out James <laughs> Allen Knotts, wherever you are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with talking about it. But this guy's a good guy, though, because, I mean, as soon as he found out that it was stolen before he purchased it, and, you know, who knows, Nintendo could have been, like, bullying him behind the scenes. He ended up sending the system back to Nintendo. Oh, really? So, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, well, good on him, I guess. Yeah, stand-up guy there. Yeah, no way they got to you early. It wasn't illegal. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a cool little story there. I mean, I mean, yeah, so I guess moving along, if you're ready to move on, sir. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So, um... Also, we don't have a whole lot of news, but the other news, my news item, I guess, would be that uh, Square Enix had this festival. Um, I can't even remember what it was called. Actually, it wasn't their festival. It was the Monaco Anime Game International Conference 2017. Yeah, try saying that five times. <laughs> um, they released two new screenshots of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and they released one new screenshot of Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 3. And I must say, both games are looking pretty spiffy, if I do say so myself. Now, I have not seen either. Uh, so, are you? do you believe that it's a faithful um, remake or update or slash either or reimagining of the original property? Oh, now, oh wow. I have so many thoughts on this. I mean, first of all, I can't blame Square Enix for this because people, including myself, have been begging for this. For like the past what, oh, yeah, fifteen years, yeah. Final Fantasy remakes. Pretty pretty much since the PS2 came out or PS3. Everybody, no PS3. Because remember when the PS3 came out, they had that trailer where it was like Final Fantasy demo, and they like just teased the whole thing. So since then, it's like okay, make it. But um, I will say that although I am excited to try this out. I do have my reservations. My number one reservation being is that they are building this game around the Final Fantasy 15 interface, which I wasn't really a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get the real-time combat. I mean, that's that's cool. But at the same time, it's just not... I mean, you can't really call it a remake because they're not... It's not a role... It, well, I guess it's a role-playing game. They're just changing the gameplay and... I'm really, really, I'm a real big fan of turn-based role-playing games, so, and there's not that many anymore, so I'm really, I'm still disappointed that it's not going to be turn-based, but, um, other things that other fans are complaining about, um, they announced this game, like, ages ago, it was at least two years ago, I believe, when they announced it, and it's not come out yet, and I'm not really surprised, because if you think about Final Fantasy VII, the original, it basically the characters were basically Minecraft graphics. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have to, we're pretty far removed from that from what came <laughs> out then. So they pretty much have to completely rebuild every piece of this game. There's nothing that they can use. Like there's no reusable assets from the original game. Yeah. So 
it, it makes sense that it would take a few years. I mean, I, I don't even know if it's going to come out next year. I don't, I don't think they've uh, announced a release date for it. Hmm. But I would be surprised if this game came out before twenty, before the end of twenty eighteen. I would be shocked because it's just they have to. We're talking about a forty or fifty hour role playing game. Yeah, that they have to completely rebuild. And if you stack on top of that the fact that they're re- completely redoing the interface. In the gameplay, I mean, there's nothing there. Like, there's nothing they can reuse. Like, not any of the like any of the combat logic. None of that. They have to just completely redo everything. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Now, like you all, it's always weird when you have a game that came out so long ago and you want to update it and re-release it. You have this balance that you're trying to strike of being faithful to the people who were originally uh, fans of the game property that came out so many years ago versus updating it and making it something that yeah. is special now. Um, I think about stuff like the Call of Duty remake that just came out or even like the updates to Halo and Halo 2. You know, you want to yeah. you want to update the mechanics a bit to make it more modern. But by the same token, you still have to scale back some aspects just to make it, you know, familiar to the fans who love that property from so long ago. But again, like you just said, the fact that they're having to redo everything (laughs) makes it hard. (laughs) Yeah. That's the razor line that Square Enix is walking with this remake because, you know, most Real hardcore fans of Final Fantasy VII, myself included, when we say we want a remake, basically all we wanted was the same game with better graphics. <laughs> and that's it. You know, update the graphics, update cutscenes, leave the gameplay the same. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much what we would be happy for. But speaking of that Razor line, you know, the amount of time and resources they're going to have to put in a remake in this game, if you think about that, because, I mean, if they just updated the graphics and pooped it out, they would probably sell one or two million copies easy. Yeah, that's but, true. But if you think about the fact that uh, all this time and effort that they're going to put into the game, all these resources they're going to have to put in the game, they're probably wanting to sell way more than just one or two million copies of this. They're probably hoping to sell like four or five or six, you know, at least, you know. It, it, so that I think is why they're completely revamping the game. They're kind of trying to modernize it, yeah. Make it make it more accessible, make you know, and it, it makes sense. Like I, I can't really fault them for that because they're they're looking for the biggest return on their investment that they can get. So it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, you're completely right. It's it's that uh, cash easy cash grab versus you know putting in work to make it something special. And yeah. I've seen it. We've seen many cases of where it went went you know either way. Uh, a good example of them not doing anything is like the Marvel Alliance games that they released. They basically didn't do anything except put them on the new systems <laughs> and, and, you know, they didn't even play that well. You know, the, the, yeah. um, the, the frame rate and stuff didn't improve with the re-release. So yeah, it's, it's just a hard line to walk. And again, like we said before, you just want to be faithful to the fans because that should be the reason why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's that's one the other thing is just you know i just i just hope that it's at least playable <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like if it's playable and i can get kind of some some nostalgia from it because one of the screenshots they released is uh barrett and cloud fighting the guard scorpion in the first like 
part of the game, which is like the first boss of the entire game. So, I mean, just seeing that screenshot and seeing the guard scorpion, you know, and I, like just that is making me like, oh, man, I can't wait for this game. So I think they're going to be all right. <laughs> but, Karen, we've never seen a beloved property that they've taken and tried to update and make it more modern, maybe even put on a new platform and release it to the masses and it not be as faithful as you think it would be. Oh god! Was that a day of Dragon Ball Evolution? <laughs> yeah, just a slight one. But before we get into that, before we get into that, oh, um, if you don't have any other news, do you? Oh no, no, I don't have any more news. Yeah, uh, I just want to talk about one game that I've been playing. Uh, back in the day when I had an iPhone, and I mean this is probably like five, six years ago, OG uh, <laughs> iPhone that I had. I think I had the three G actually. And there was this game called Geo Defense, and it was um, a tower defense game. And I actually, I freaking loved that game. I played the mess out of it. I got all the achievements on it. And they actually came out a, to a sequel for that one called Geo Defense Swarm. But you know, since I haven't had an iPhone in a while, and I don't even know if the game is on Android or not. But I just haven't been playing any tower defense games for a long, long time. So I guess it's part of one of the free games that Xbox gives uh, uh, every month. Um, they had this game called uh, Defense Grid 2, and that is a tower defense game. I've heard other people talking about it um, uh, and, and saying it's really good. And I started playing that this a few days back, and, man, I've been kind of hooked. I played it for like five, six hours straight my first time sitting <laughs> It's a really, really great game. I uh, just want to give a shout out to that game. If you're into any type of tower defense games, um, you know, you set your towers, set your defenses and let the enemies come through. You try to stop them from stealing resources. Uh, it's a really, really well, well done game. And I would say give it a try. So cool. have you been playing anything you want to talk about? Well, yeah, um, actually, uh, I guess it would be Saturday. I actually re-downloaded Final Fantasy XIV, reactivated my account. Um, I just, with the new expansion that's coming out this summer, uh, they're, they're actually, finally, they're finally, I'm um, gonna add the Samurai Job Class, which was my favorite job class in Final Fantasy XI, the other Final Fantasy MMO, for those not keeping score. Um, so I just figured I'd jump back on and, um, you know, get reacclimated to the game to get ready for the summer. And um, I have a level 54 ninja, which basically is what I've been playing since the game. One of the, Well, since I actually, the second version of Final Fantasy 14 that they redid, I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> but they pretty much rebuilt the entire game after everybody complained. And it was horrible. But the new game, A Realm Reborn, is wonderful. And um, so I got kind of bored with Ninja, so I just started um, from level one again with the same character, but I changed my job class to Archer, and I've been playing it the last couple days, and I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add there. I'm just ready to get um, up up so I can... Um, <coughs> excuse me. So I can uh, change over to the Bard's. Uh, bard class and you know level level all the way up i want to hit the cap with the bard so is that part of an expansion or is just a different class uh well i don't think it was one of the original job classes it was one of the uh secondary jobs that they added 
probably maybe it was maybe a year or two after the game came out. It wasn't one of the original classes, but um, it has a uh, I mean it's it's still a dam range damage dealer. It's not like the bar was on Final Fantasy Eleven where you actually buffed your teammates and debuffed uh the enemies. But I mean it it still looks like it's pretty fun to play. Um so yeah, that's kinda what I'm playing. Uh I'm not really playing a whole lot lately. You know, I still play I still jump on Rocket League about <laughs> five minutes a day. Uh but other than that, um I'm just kinda waiting for Destiny two to come out later this year. <laughs> cool, cool. Is that a definite to come out this year? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be released this year. Uh they actually Activision on one of their uh what do you call it, one of their stockholder whatever. Shareholder meetings, or, yeah. Yeah, shareholder calls or whatever, investor calls. They actually called it out. Um and yeah, it's supposed to come out later this year. I'm really looking forward to that. And we still don't know if they're gonna pull everything forward or is it gonna be like a clean sweep? I mean, I I was really I was really hoping they would transfer the characters, but to me now it's really not that big a deal because I mean However they, you know, however they wrap it up, you're going to be kind of starting from scratch. Yeah. You know, even if your character has the same Look, face. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of immaterial either way. It was so, but I'm I'm not too tied to my character, so it's fine either way. <laughs> cool. So, man, you want to, you ready to get into the main event? Yeah. So we're going to talk about super first. Yeah, let's do or- super first. Okay, cool. So, unless you want yeah, to end so, on a good note, <laughs> uh, we we can talk about evolution. I, I, I'm I'm still, even though that, yeah, I'm still gonna enjoy talking about evolution. So we, we can start with super. Cool. Uh, just for those who for those who aren't familiar, Dragon Ball Super, uh, the, the direct sequel to Dragon Ball Z. Um, Dragon Ball GT is not considered uh, canon or part of the official story. Basically, Toriyama was like, "I'm done with Dragon Ball." And Toy Animation was like, we want to make some more Dragon Ball, so will you write us some, draw us some character designs of future, and then he handed them the character designs, and they kind of ran with it. Not a fan of GT, but, yeah. you know, it's not horrible. I mean, it's definitely better than Evolution, but... <laughs> um, so, Dragon Ball Super, it's pretty much a direct sequel. I mean, it starts, like, right yeah. after... Goku kills Majin Buu. It, I mean, it's pretty much right after that. Yeah, so. yeah, that part really, really surprised me. I didn't realize it was. It was sort of like it's sort of like uh, the 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 new hope, the Rogue One. This is directly yeah. after it. Yeah, that really. I was really kind of shocked by that. So, oh yeah. So first off, what do you what do you think of the theme song in Dragon Ball Super? Are you talking about, um, oh yeah, the first one? Uh, it's, I mean, like, I'm really, really partial to Chala, Head Chala. Yeah. But it seems like a departure. It's, 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 you know, like, the thing, the thing that's kind of different is that, like, with the original Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, well, I don't know about Dragon Ball. I know Dragon Ball Z, all of the songs, which unlike most anime series, you know, basically in Japan, when when a new anime comes out, like whatever artist is like popular or about to release an album, uh-huh. they're like, "Hey, you want to be the intro music to this cool show?" And they're like, "Yeah, Whoa. pay me some money." And Wait, that's kind of how it goes. So I I never realized that. So all these songs yeah. that were getting on these cool animes are all, almost always popular artists in Japan. Yeah, yeah, they're popular artists. What? Pretty much <laughs> all of them. Even even Dragon Ball GT is that way. 
Dragon Ball Z was like very, very different because all of the music for Dragon Ball Z that's in that series, like opening, closing, it was all written specifically for that show. Hmm. So like Chala Head Chala, um, We Got a Power, the two intros, then you have Zenkai Power, which is the outro of the original one, and then you have uh, We Were Angels, like all that was written specifically for Dragon Ball Z. Um, there's a, there's an artist, Ka- Kageyama Hironobu, like, he's like a legend because he sang most of the songs, most of the image songs. Like, dude, there's like, there's like a gazillion Dragon Ball Z soundtracks with like the background music and just image songs, like hmm. songs, you know, that were inspired by Dragon Ball Z. So, you know, that aren't even really in the show, but, um, there are a lot of songs that were in the show, sort of like when, I don't know if you, even remember this boy when Gohan goes Super Saiyan level two. Yeah, there's a song called Day, Day of Destiny, Spirit versus Spirit, and like that song was written specifically for him going Super Saiyan two, which is like that's like not normal yeah. at all <laughs> in Japan. So like with this show, it's it's kind of following the Mainstream. traditional, yeah, traditional like CD single type music intro outro type i don't know does that make sense yeah i mean it's so funny because like shows over here like even like regular tv shows unless it's something like what's the terrence howard show uh <laughs> unless it's a show oh, empire. Uh, yeah empire unless it's like a music focused show or like the nashville like we don't get the barrage of like the this is a song made for this show and it's going to be really popular we're going to release it on itunes you know so, yeah. so that, that's, it sounds like it's definitely a, a, a Japanese thing. Um, well, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a Japanese thing because, I mean, if you think about a lot of 80s and 90s, yeah, early 90s that's true. in that's America, true. they had like theme songs that were like written specifically for the show. And I feel like, like Dragon Ball, like Dragon Ball was kind of following that trend. And it's funny though, cause it, it, it mirrors America a lot more than I realized personally mm-hmm. because like I, I I I like have a lot of these soundtracks on my computer and like some of these songs that never even were in the show. Like one of them's called Brain Dance by this artist named Yuka. Like it never it's never played at all in Dragon Balls. <laughs> really? But it, but it's it's just an image song and um it's one of my favorite songs. But like a lot of those Dragon Ball Z songs, they kinda have like the eighties synth pop vibe. Yeah. And I used to think that was kinda like a cheesy Japanese thing, but I recently started listening to a lot of eighties pop, you know, besides like Michael Jackson, because Michael Jackson's music is pretty much timeless. Yeah. But if you listen to like say Sting, Sting's eighties stuff, um the guy from I can't remember his name, but there's another song that has Phil Collins on it called "Easy Lover." Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the it's what is that guy's name? But anyway, it that Dragon Ball Z music sounds like if you look if you listen to this song, it's called "Easy." Who, who sings that song? Yeah, like in just in general, when I think about like iconic or Bill Bailey, that's what it is, or, or like as, as an American, like um, animes that have songs that you know. Kind of really stick in my head. I think about, of course, Bebop and Shampoo and, and, um, yeah. And actually, their last Gundam that came out with Thunderbolt, the music on that was really distinctive to me as well. Yeah, the jazz, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that's cool. And, you know, the, again, the music on Super really didn't jump out at me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but thank goodness the show did. It, uh, yeah. 
and it's funny, like my favorite my favorite theme song for Dragon Ball Super is by this band called Arukara. I think I'm saying that right. And it's called Fried Rice Music. And it's funny because the the guy the guy that wrote the song he he's like he apparently he's a really really um big fan of like Zenkai Power uh-huh. and they shot they shot a music video. Oh, I saw for that. I saw and that. It's like it's like they copy the Zenkai Power that like, was awesome. video clothing. It is so cool. It's yeah, I think yeah, Arukara. That's Arukara. That's the name of the band. But it's called Chowhan Music or. Fried rice music. Yeah. It's it's a really, really cool song, but if you watch that video oh, yeah. that they made, it makes the song even cooler. <laughs> yeah, we gotta drop a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. that. I think you posted it on Facebook. That was awesome. Yeah, I posted it on Facebook <laughs> at the risk of looking like a super nerd, but but like yeah, other than that song, like nothing just really just like jumps out at me as far as music goes on Super, and that's just because of how they're doing the music, I guess. Yeah. So in this first episode, the, I guess the title is the peace reward. We see Goku has a job. Apparently he's a former, <laughs> uh, tractor operator oh, thingy. I don't you know. Chi Chi stays on him about getting a real job. So he's like, fine, man. And yeah, yeah he's a farmer. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really weird. And then uh, what was really funny to me about that whole scene, uh, Goten like flew up. When he got out of school and he made Goten get on the tractor, he started training. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, all Goku wants to do is fight. So, yeah. So basically, um, pretty much, you know, if you remember at the end of the, like, the whole world thinks Mr. Satan beat Majin Buu, you know, just like they think Mr. Satan beat Sale. Yeah. And of course, that's not what happened. So they give him like this huge reward. It's like a hundred minute million zenny. Yeah. And, um, basically he knows that he didn't earn that money. So he just ends up giving it to Goku. And yeah. Goku's like, great. I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> yeah. That, I thought that was awesome. It gave him an excuse to go off and train, which I thought that was well played for the story <laughs> as yeah. well. And, yeah. If you could kind of remember me, I kind of like hit on this when we talked about. Uh, super on the earlier podcast you know you get the same basic story of battle of gods but like right here this episode pretty much just connects the end of dragon ball well not the end of dragon ball z but like after majin buu is defeated it pretty much directly connects it to yeah um super does that make sense yeah of course so i want the i guess i didn't fully understand this how did how did uh satan and boo get together um I don't. Okay, so, I don't remember what happened at the very end of that fight. So maybe you can jog my memory. <laughs> okay, so as far as Satan and Boo, basically what happened was Fat Boo, um, <laughs> Fat Boo was terrorizing the world pretty much. He had like this. He had his like his own little lair, and he would just go around just killing people and turn them into chocolate, eating them and stuff. He was just having fun, and um, uh, they sent um Mister Satan to try to defeat him. So he goes. Mr. Satan tries to make friends with him and he like tries to poison him to kill him because he knows he can't fight him like regular. Yeah. And he, they, they end up becoming friends and um, basically uh, Boo ends up having this dog. I think the dog's name is B. And um, just basically these bad people 
end up sh- shooting his dog and killing it. They John Wick them. And, they John Wick and, them. Um, <laughs> and pretty much what happens is Boo realizes the fat Boo realizes that through his own his dog dying, he realizes like how how bad it is to kill people. So he's like, okay, I'm not gonna kill any, anybody anymore. And like him him and Mister Satan become friends, but of course there's still this evil inside of him. So pretty much he has like this internal struggle and he pretty much expels like the, his evil. Mm -hmm. So like then he expels this evil boo and then him and the evil boo have a fight and he loses that fight. And then the evil boo eats him. (laughs) And, um, basically that's when he becomes like super boo. Uh. And that like the evil boo is what pretty much after that is what terrorizes everybody. And then, and then basically that boo just starts absorbing everybody. Like there's, he has this huge fight with Gohan and Gohan's like the man. And then he ends up absorbing Gotenks and Gohan and pretty much Vegeta and Goku have to fuse into Vegito to beat him. And yeah. they go inside of him and they rip out all the absorption, his absorption pods or whatever. And they just, they rip out fat boo and pretty much everybody just goes out of them they like get everybody out of it's 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 kind of yeah i mean that that, that that makes sense because i uh, also they have a flashback in this episode of goku doing the spirit bomb when they talk about uh, yeah, the reward the yeah so yeah. it's just those details like i mean that's perfect what you just said because i forgot about all that stuff it's been so long ago since i saw it <laughs> but yeah but, so yeah basically the evil boo is the the small boo and then the the fat jolly boo is the good boo which is funny you you talk about boo boo with his food uh obsession with chocolate i guess <laughs> i mean we get beerus and he's he's basically oh, the same thing he has a food obsession and i just yeah. found that really weird <laughs> i just i mean i i don't know it's like Toriyama has like his characters usually always have a quirk, especially like the super super powerful characters. You know, like I don't know, like maybe Cell and Freezer an exception, but usually kind of the good, good, strong characters. There's usually like something about them that you know just kind of makes them. It kind of balances them out. Yeah. You know, of course, Bear is like he's like the god of destruction. You know, and he's like a. a like he's just he like you say he loves his he loves good food and yeah <laughs> that that's really how what a premise for it, a character <laughs> it's really how Goku and Vegeta end up getting trained later on is because they they pretty much bribe them with good food <laughs> yeah yeah so one thing I found really funny I know that like everybody memories got erased after um after the events but, of Dragon Ball Z, Z but oh yeah. Did you did you know? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no. off. But did you know that Super Boo like killed everybody on Earth? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And they had to bring back <laughs> yeah. Earth or something. I don't yeah. know. It was, it was he weird. Des- he destroyed. He pretty much destroyed the Earth. So like when Goku defeats him, like that's like on another planet somewhere. It's on the Kai's planet. But yeah, it it got pretty. <laughs> it got pretty dire. Yeah, when I would have bang, I would say that much. <laughs> But, the, but what, sorry, yeah. what I find really funny is like when Goten and uh and Trunks are like flying around, people are like just so surprised. And then like a few minutes later, they're they're fighting like an eighty foot snake in in the forest. <laughs> I'm like, you have these big old animals running around, but you're surprised by a dude flying around. Okay, <laughs> they still got dinosaurs <laughs> for real. So, talking dogs, yes. <laughs> the, the Z world is is very. 
interesting, I guess. Yeah, and I guess we could briefly talk about episode two. There was a way less going on in this episode. Um, yeah, so this is like right. This pretty much directly connects, or at least starts the um, Dragon Ball Super, like yeah. not Dragon Ball Super Battle of Gods uh-huh. thing. Because this is where like Beerus has his vision of fighting the Super Saiyan God. And, yeah. But yeah, it's it's great, man. I, <laughs> and it, you know, it's the same story as the Battle of Gods, but they kind of just, like I said, they just flesh it out a little more, you know. Yeah. And I just thought the whole like v- Vegeta going on vacation, going on vacation with his family <laughs> was like the perfect awkward moment because you know it's it's I guess since Dragon Ball Z has been a thing to put tough, super tough and macho Vegeta. In these very awkward moments, the where he's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he gets super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, he's trying to keep Beerus from killing everybody. <laughs> yeah. I. I. Yeah. I thought that was that was really really great. So it's it's good to see uh you know be filled up with Vegeta again, and um hopefully I get to see more. Again, like guys, if you want to watch this, you can go to Crunchyroll, watch it all for free. I will say though, the the ads are horrendous. Uh, but super tip, watch it in Chrome and install uBlock Origin and you won't have to watch any ads. So I said it. Also, the Xbox app is pretty buggy, so you may have to watch ads for like one or two apps, but then if you marathon stuff like me, then it'll eventually forget to start showing you ads. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's 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 super buggy. So yeah. Oh man. No oh, man. Don't don't patch it, Crunchy. Please don't yeah, patch yeah, it. Yeah, leave it alone, man. Leave it alone. Yeah, but good stuff, man. I'm really enjoying it. Now, I'm only two episodes in. I gotta I gotta catch up with you. What episode are you on? In, in, um, in I believe it's episode seventy now. Yeah, I think. Yes, yeah, I think it's up in the seventies. I didn't I didn't know if what you were watching was further than what's on Crunchyroll. So, well, you know, Crunchyroll simulcasts it. So okay, they have they have like like I was I watched it Saturday the new episode that they had on the Saturday. I just let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I think it's like episode 70ish. And it is has it passed the what's in the two movies already? Oh yeah, it's long past that. And they passed they passed the two movies, oh 79 episodes. They passed the two movies like uh so yeah, the Universe 6 saga started in Last year, so they passed. They passed the two movies a year ago. Oh wow! They turned them yeah, out, January, man. That's good stuff. January twenty fourth is when the Universe Six Saga started. So yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff, and there's a Future Trunk Saga too. So now we're on the Universe Survival Universe Survival Arc, if I can talk correctly, which basically is a tournament of the twelve universes. Um. So yeah, you have that to look forward to, and and it's kind of a semi spoiler because through most of Super, I've been depressed because Gohan has basically been a scholar fulfilling his lifelong dream. Yeah. For this new story arc that just started on February fifth, Universe Survival Arc, he is back in action. Okay. So he cool. he is fighting like he actually starts fighting on the next episode that'll be airing on the twenty sixth. It's it's awakening your sleeping battle spirit, son. Gohan's fight. So yeah, Gohan got that ball Episode and chain, eight. man. He had to he had to get them books. <laughs> had to make that money. <laughs> oh man! But man, I, I love that show, and I'm I'm so 
like giddy that there's a Dragon Ball Z show on the air. Like you just don't know how happy that makes me every week. So yeah, I mean, it just goes back to what we said about Final Fantasy, man. People were clamoring, clamoring yeah. for some more Dragon Ball. More. So I guess that'll take us to our next story. <laughs> Speaking of more Dragon Ball, <laughs> yeah. So I guess what it went off the air in like the mid, the late late nineties, the cartoon out there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. again, like we just said, people were clamoring for more. Dragon Ball Z and okay, so let let me frame this for a second. Sure, go right, right ahead. So the, we're this is two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like you said, no Dragon Ball since like the late nineties ish. Everybody's like starving for new Dragon Ball Z. All right, please continue. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and and uh, what really got me about this is that. Uh, Akira, that uh, was Akira. Say it for me. <laughs> Toriyama. <laughs> Toriyama. Akira Toriyama. He was actually involved in this project, which no, well, he does have. Yeah, exe- I mean, he has executive. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, extent, yeah, but he does yes have executive no. producer credits. In his name is in the 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 credits at the end. Know how much he was yeah. actually involved. I, I know his name's on it. Okay, but. well, it, it may just be <laughs> that then. But of course, 2009 American action adventure fantasy film directed by James Wong and produced by Stephen Chow. So, um, yeah, and written by Ben <laughs> Ramsey. So, this is the live action version of <laughs> not of Dragon Ball Z but basically of the Dragon Ball of some iteration of the Dragon Ball story. And before we get into it, I want to just just briefly mention this other thing I talked about on another podcast. So in I think it was the 70s, they made this movie called Doctor Who. <laughs> so Doctor Who was a television show. It was a television series been around forever. Um the doctor spelled all the way out D O C T R who they made this television movie with Peter Cushing and they like shortened the doctor to DR period who, <laughs> and it's like as if the alien was looking in on a few doctor who episodes and made a movie off of it. It, it has some <laughs> elements that were in fact in line with what the whole, the real doctor who was all about. But in, in that same aspect, it felt so foreign and so off, just a little bit off, and a lot of it off in some places, but something just wasn't right. Um, inner, uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> oh my god, there's so much wrong with this movie, man. Like, I don't even know where to start. Okay, I will start with this, though. Alright, so Bulma calls the Dragon Ball a Prometheus orb. Yes, is that canon? No. <laughs> Bulma is the one who tells Goku what the Dragon Ball is, because Goku just, he just, he calls it his grandpa, because his grandpa gave it to him, and it's just something that his grandpa kept and protected, like he doesn't know anything about the Dragon mm-hmm. Balls, it's just this heirloom that his granddad gave him, alright. I just wanted to say that to start off with. No, so, so they, I'm guessing they changed the story up, uh, other than that point you just mentioned, but apparently there were these ancients that imprisoned the mighty Piccolo for 2,000 years, and after 2,000 years, he gets out. They don't tell us how he got out. Um, he just appeared for some reason. We don't have any background information on how he actually got out, out of his prison. But Piccolo is back to, um, take over the world, and yeah, and, 
and all right, just go ahead. I'm gonna I'm stop you again. Okay, so in the in the original Dragon Ball, which if you've never seen the original Dragon Ball, it's a great series. I highly recommend you watch it. So basically, in the original Dragon Ball, Master Roshi or Muten Roshi, the Turtle Hermit, whatever you want to call him, his master, Master Mutashio, he's the one who sealed Piccolo. Okay. And he sealed him, and hilariously enough, he sealed him in, with this move called the Mafuba, and he sealed him into a rice cooker. <laughs> and this rice cooker was pretty much sealed, and I think they just it was dropped like in the bottom of the ocean, bottom of the ocean. Emperor Pilaf, who is one of the antagonists in Dragon Ball, it, it, who is who actually frees Piccolo. Oh, okay. And huh. he finds his he finds his rice cooker and frees him. And that's kind of how it happens in the series, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, they don't even say who frees him in this. He just he's just free. He's he's freed again after being in prison. So so did in the show did um Piccolo have any control over a Saiyan like how they tried to make it in the movie? No, Piccolo doesn't even know he's an alien in <laughs> in the original Dragon Ball. Like n- there, there, there's no speak of aliens until like the Dragon Ball Z arc, which you know the original manga, the entire thing from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z till the end of Dragon Ball Z, it's all called Dragon Ball. So I'm just using Dragon Ball Z to kind of just mark the difference in time. So before Dragon Ball Z, there was no mention of space whatsoever in Dragon Ball. Like, we don't know that Piccolo's an alien. We don't know that Goku's an alien. We just know that Goku's a monkey boy. <laughs> when, he looks, when he looks at the moon, yeah, he turns into a huge ape. And we know that Piccolo is the only person of his species on the Earth. Like, he's pretty much... They they call him a demon, you know. He's called a de- he, they think he's a demon. Like they don't think he's an alien in, in Dragon Ball. So yeah, I, I hate to interject once again. No no no, great great stuff. That that's definitely <laughs> just give you what some, we're here for. Some of my context while I'm watching the movie, just things that are going through my head. Yeah, I mean that's that's the stuff I want to hear. So <laughs> um, obviously, in this iteration of quote unquote Dragon Ball, uh, Goku is a teenager. Rather than uh, a little boy, which I thought was a weird, very, very weird choice, uh, because yeah. some of the affectations he had, you know, the sentiments for his grandfather, which I, even as a teenager, I could see some of that stuff, but it seemed like it would have been more well suited for somebody that was way younger than what he was in his movie. Exactly. That's, that's the only other, that's the only problem I have with this movie. If you're gonna make Goku a grown up, like, you might as well just make it Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. You know, and do like the whole super, you know, like make it about the Saiyans coming to Earth. Because, I mean, you know, that's why one reason why Funimation started with Dragon Ball Z when they started producing the show is because it's kind of a, I don't want to say a more exciting time, but yeah. it's it, it's more action oriented. You know, it makes it makes sense for them to start the movie there. But if you're going to go with Dragon Ball, I like you said, they probably should have used a little kid, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sure Jake Lloyd, that dude that was <laughs> Anakin, I'm sure he wasn't doing anything. They could have got him. I'm sure he, he's not getting any work. But I don't know. They could have done something other than, yeah. I have so, oh my God. I have so, <laughs> so, I have so many problems with this movie. So, well, well before we go, let's, let's just kind of talk about the environment a little bit and then we can go on from there. But, um, so yeah, go that, in high school. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the things that really, 
ticked me off about the movie as a whole is that they tried, like you just mentioned with the high school, they tried to make it modern, but yet it's still, they made it, try to make some parts kind of go with what we know of, of Dragon Ball. And Which just the world you. creation that they tried to yeah. make in a movie was just bad. It was just bad. It didn't gel yeah, at all. They're trying to do some world building, like I understand that, but and then maybe you're even trying to make it like an origin story, but I just feel like they started in the wrong spot for that. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, it, it just feels like they kind of strayed away. As far as the environment, they stay they strayed away from too far too far from what the show actually is, and yeah. just just too many yeah, things I mean, about it was just weird. Like one of the glaring things that just really made me mad was Kami House. Yeah. <laughs> that just really made me <laughs> mad. I'm like, yeah, how? And Chalia and Fat Man, they must have paid him a fat stack to do this movie because he really, really lowered himself. Um, <laughs> Actually, it, I thought he was great, it, but. <laughs> I mean, he made the most of it. Yeah. I mean, you could tell he was having fun with it, but. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 like, the other thing is, like, as far as, like, the fighting, Dragon Ball, as far as, like, martial arts fighting, I feel like it's a better, it's a better, it does a better job displaying just straight martial arts fighting than Dragon Ball Z does. Because Dragon Ball Z is all about energy blasts and fighting real fast and blah, blah, blah. But Dragon Ball, like, is actually about martial arts. And this, this movie has wor- worse, worse. <laughs> It has worse choreography than Power Rangers. Like, it's terrible. The fighting choreography is terrible. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like our Black Sand video had better <laughs> fight choreography than this movie did. It, and it's like, let's, let's speed it up real fast. Yeah, that, no, nah, and it just looked terrible. Yeah. It looked terrible. I mean, you just mentioned the cat, a part of Cast Iron Fat, and just briefly, the guy who played, uh, Goku, Justin Chadwin, like, I really feel sorry for this guy. Cause, cause I've, I, I mean. Did he get another movie after this? I, I mean, to be quite honest, he, he was on the Christmas episode of Doctor Who, uh, this past December. And he, oh, he's, he British? Yeah, and he was actually playing a superhero on that. And he was freaking great. Um. Oh, he was? The character he was playing was similar to Superman. Uh, oh, it was G-Man. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> it, he, he was awesome in that episode. So, I mean, I feel kind of bad for him because to me, this whole movie just felt like a cash grab to try to get those fans. And it's, and it worked. And it was so, yeah, dude, dude, of course it worked. Dude, I went and saw this movie. (laughs) I took my wife at a time, at the time. You went to see it? I I dragged, I I dragged my wife at the time off to see this movie. And I was just so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed, man. It was, it was cringeworthy. I I was mad. It's one of the few movies I've been mad when I left the theater. I was freaking mad. Man, I saw the trailer for this. I was like, there's no way that, I was like, there's no way I'm watching this. And I didn't actually see this movie until I watched it earlier today. (laughs) Like, there was no way I wasn't touching it with a 10 foot pole. Like, I'm kind of sucking for bad movies, man. I don't know. I, I, I hold out hope. I hold out hope. 
<sighs> until it's too late. But it's just like, man, they okay. The budget for this movie was thirty million dollars. All right, not much by today's do standards. Do you realize? Okay, yeah, not much. But do you realize that, like, the shocking thing to me is that this movie cost thirty million dollars to make. Yeah. Like, like I've seen better fan fan films. So like they spent ten grand doing like a a movie version of the history of trunks. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't really? remember what it's called. Yeah, it's a fan film, and it's like a hundred times better than this. Really, a thousand times better than this. And you could tell like a lot of this movie was green screened, um, just yeah. blaringly badly done green screen. It's man. The, the fighting is just so bad. Like, I mean, forget about the fact that it's a Dragon Ball movie. Forget about the fact that, you know, it's it's an anime movie. The fighting is just so bad. Like, I wanted to cry. It's just like they weren't even trying. And, and you know, like I mean, again though, I think I think the core cast could have been fine with a good script and a good exactly, direction. Yeah. I just think it was just Poorly this done on so many levels. One hundred percent. The people that did this movie. So okay. So first, Stephen Chow was supposed to direct this film, and I don't know if you know who he is, but he's the guy that did like Shaolin Soccer, <laughs> and um, he actually has a movie that's really, really close to Dragon Ball Z. I can't remember the name of it though. Um, what is that movie called? But anyway, he was like, I, I'm on, I only direct movies that I like create. But he actually, he was actually an executive producer of this. And, I mean, and of course, you know, Akira Toriyama was, Kung Fu Hustle, that's the name of the movie. But, um, Akira Toriyama was actually executive producer of this as well. And I have a few quotes that I want to read because, I mean, I don't really know how much he was involved in this. Uh, so this is a direct quote from Akira Toriyama. Um, in the 30th, Dragon Ball 30th anniversary super history book, he wrote that, um, I had put Dragon Ball behind me, but seeing how much that live action film ticked me off, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. and he revealed that he felt that Hollywood producers did not listen to him or his oh. ideas and suggestions. They pretty much just had him on there for his, so they could say that he kind of signed off on it, which he didn't. But um, that he was really, really surprised. He was really, really surprised when he saw Final Cut is, and he suggested that the fans treat it as the alternate universe version of Dragon Ball. Oh, like he, man. he was not. He was not about this at all. And I mean, I think it's one of the things that drove him to revisit Dragon Ball. So in a way, I'm thankful yeah. for Dragon Ball Evolution because I mean, I don't. I I think that if this wouldn't have happened. He probably wouldn't have been inspired to write Battle of Gods or write Resurrection F or get back into the show with Dragon Ball Super because that movie just left such a bad taste in his mouth that he was just like, man, I can't let this be the last thing yeah. that's created of Dragon Ball. Like, we, like I gotta do something else. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of, like, Fallout from that film, like, the director, James Wong, like he's directed some good movies. I mean, well, good if you like horror. He he directed Final Destination and Final Destination Three, oh, as well wow. as the really good Jet Li movie, The One. He directed he that. He directed the one. Are you kidding yes. me? Now he directed the one. Now, uh, suffice to say, guess what his last movie was? He directed Dragon Ball. <laughs> according, <Evolution. laughs> according to Wikipedia, <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> so sad. So sad. 
Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Wow. But he directed some good movies. How did he fudge this one so bad, man? It's just sad. It's just sad. Okay. Okay. All right. Now I have I have another quote. This is from Ben Ramsey, Uh-oh. the writer, the writer of Dragon Ball Evolution. So basically, this guy's writing a book on Dragon Ball. Of course, he has to have a a, a um a chapter on Dragon Ball Evolution because it is a part of Dragon Ball history for better or worse. So he reached out to this guy and um, he wanted to interview him since he wrote the movie. And um, he just replied with a, a, a statement basically. And this is part of Uh-oh. the statement. <laughs> I knew that it would eventually come down to this one day. <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution marked a very painful creative point in my life. To have something with my name on it as the writer to be so globally reviled <laughs> is gut-wrenching. <laughs> to receive hate mail from all over the world is heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. I spent so many years trying to deflect the blame, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to the written word on page, and I take full responsibility <laughs> for what was such a disappointment to so many fans. <laughs> I did the best I could, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I dropped the dragon ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he didn't. I dropped the dragon no, ball. <laughs> oh my god. That came here real, dude. That came here real quote, man. <laughs> say much after that I mean, <laughs> that kind of book ends it <laughs> yeah so if you haven't gotten a message by now <laughs> you can probably skip Dragon Ball Evolution if you haven't seen it yeah I mean I just I was just shaking my head through the whole <sighs> thing I was like I can't believe this is actually this was actually greenlit like somebody thought this was gonna make money like, yeah I mean, it's a, it's a huge difference from this is, I mean, I'm pretty sure they saw that it wasn't good before they released it, but uh, it makes me think of, uh, the last airbender in Night Shyamalan when he, he oh, said he man, was so much of a fan and so ingrained in the show with his children and that he had such a love for it and he still wound up pooping out some crap. So I don't, I don't for one for one second believe him when he says he was a fan of it i i don't i don't think he's ever well he might have watched it but it's like he took all the stuff that people like about the last or about avatar or whatever and just 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 cut all that exactly stuff out. and that is the the a great analogy to what happened in in evolution <laughs> dragon ball evolution it just was it, it probably goes down one of the worst movies ever made to be honest it no, no. <laughs> to sum it all up, 
fans of anime and pop culture consider it to be the lowest benchmark by which live action adaptation of, of anime and comics are compared. When a bad movie comes out, people say, hey, at least it wasn't as bad as Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> oh, man. Holding strong with a 14% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, uh, <laughs> well, guys, um, anything else to say about this, Carrie? Any other? I don't, man. I, I feel like we yeah. pretty much people get it. the point. <laughs> so, guys, uh, if you want more of the Techpedition podcast, uh, head on over to techpedition.com. That's T C H P E D I T I O N dot com and slash subscribe. There you can actually subscribe to the podcast and you won't miss an episode. Uh, drop us an email at, uh, fans at techpedition.com and, um, yeah, uh, visit our Facebook page or Twitter. Shoot us a question. You know what? Tell us what you thought of Dragon Ball Evolution or how you're enjoying Dragon Ball Super. Either one of them will be fine and we'll, we'll love the feedback. So check out Chowhai Music by Fry. Oh uh, yeah. AKA Fried Rice Music by Otakara. We'll give you a, um, link to the video. It's just so cool if you like Dragon Ball. It's so awesome. Alright, that's all I got. Awesome sauce. Well, yeah, I don't have anything else, so want to take us out? Yeah, I guess we'll see you guys uh, next month or next week or maybe in a few weeks. We kind of we, we kind of slip, slip, uh, slipped a little bit in February, but we'll, we'll be strong and come back strong in the next couple of weeks with a brand new fresh podcast hopefully with some impressions on the Nintendo Switch among other things so stay tuned very very quick very very quick very very quick very very quick I can't I can't beat that <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.